Amen. Christ our Lord, Christ our Savior. Hope you this morning you know him as your Lord and your Savior. If not, we encourage you don't leave this place this morning without asking Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. Come into your heart and save your soul. You have your Bibles this morning. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're in a series on spiritual gifts. Today we want to look at the gift of knowledge and wisdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's go ahead and read verses 4 through 8, but our focus will be on verse 8 this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 4. Now, Paul had a lot to say about spiritual gifts. And if there's one thing I think is lacking within our churches today, it are those who are not exercising their spiritual gift that God has given them. And if you are not exercising your spiritual gift that God has given you in this local church body, then this body suffers. And you know what? You suffer too because you're missing out on a lot of blessings that God has for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 4. Now, there are diversity of gifts, Paul says, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit riddle. Now, here's verse 8. For the one he has given the, uh, by the Spirit the word of wisdom. I want you to notice the word, word there. And to another, the word of knowledge. Again, notice the word, word. But by the same Spirit. In other words, even though some may have the gift of knowledge and some may have the gift of wisdom, it comes from the same Spirit, that being the Holy Spirit of God who has blessed you. Listen, the moment that you were saved, God blessed you with some spiritual gifts to put together, to put into this church body. Now this morning we're going to flip those two. It mentions wisdom first and knowledge second, but I want to flip those two this morning. The phrase here is the word of knowledge. That indicates it's a speaking gift. Remember, we've broken these gifts down into serving gifts, which we've done looked at those. Now we're looking at the speaking gifts. So by using the word word here, that indicates to me that this is a speaking gift. In other words, the utterance of knowledge. In other words, you are speaking knowledge to the church body. So the Greek word for word here is the word logos. And it simply means written on a page, or it can mean spoken to a crowd, or spoken privately to individuals. Let me tell you, Sunday school teachers need to have the word of knowledge. If you're Sunday school teaching and you don't have the word of knowledge, you're, you know, it's not going to be easy for you. So, but it, that's what it means to, to speak before a crowd or speak privately to individuals. You are speaking about knowledge, sharing the truths of God's word. In other words, it's the spirit given ability to observe biblical facts. In other words, as you're studying the Bible, you know, you're receiving this knowledge from God as a result of the time that you spend within God's word. It's observing these biblical facts and then being able to make conclusions of what the Bible has to say. In short, it's the ability, the ability to understand the already written word of God, okay? The already written word of God and then to relay those truths on 
on to others. Now, those with this gift can observe biblical facts and they make conclusions as a result of the facts that they get out of God's Word. If there's one thing in the hearts and the minds, or missing in the hearts and the minds of our youth today, and not just the youth, let me tell you, many parents of those youth, if there's one thing that's missing in both parents and kids today, is knowledge of God's Word. You know, it's sad that people who have been saved maybe for 10, 12, 15, even 20, 30 years do not have knowledge about the Word of God and what the Word of God has to say. And because they don't know what the Word of God teaches, because they don't know what the Word of God has to say, then they're not able to pass that knowledge on down to their kids. And folks, that's why kids seem to be going crazy today. You know, some people have said, you know, I just don't understand the kids of today. You know, the kids of today are not like the kids we were when we were growing up. Can I tell you something? Kids have not changed. What has changed is the parents of those kids. You know, that is what has changed. Well, we want to blame the kids, you know, but let me tell you, it goes farther than that. If the parents do not have the knowledge of the Word of God, they can't expect their children to have the, the knowledge of the Word of God. I want to tell you, teen pregnancy is the problem it is today, you know, because of the lack of knowledge of our teens on premarital sex, and they don't understand it's a sin against holy God. It's not a normal way of life. Just because everyone's doing it doesn't make it a normal way of life. You know, teens need to understand that premarital sex, it goes against God's holy word. I want to tell you this also, STDs are the problems they are today because of a lack of knowledge of teens and adults alike that abstinence is a biblical mandate and sex is to be reserved for marriage and marriage only. There's an old saying that says, if you play, you pay. We've all heard that. Well, I want to tell you something. An STD is a lifetime payment. If you play, you pay. And an STD is a lifetime payment in most cases for those who are violating the, the, uh, the, the word of God, the command of God, that there should be no sex outside of marriage. A sad thing is, in most cases today, teens lack the knowledge of God on those subjects. Not only that, their parents lack the biblical knowledge too. And to take it a step further, many churches steer away from teaching on these issues because they view abstinence as a political issue, a political topic, and it might offend someone in the church who is living that type of lifestyle, who is having sex out of marriage. You know, it doesn't matter if they get offended, folks. The truth of God's Word is truth. And you know, we, 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 when a church begins to steer away from biblical truth because they may see it as something controversial or, you know, that it's going to offend someone who may be involved in these things. Once a church gets to that point that it's neglecting teaching the truth of God's Word and giving parents and giving children the knowledge of what God's Word has to say, then at that point, listen to me, families are doomed and our nation is damned. Look, let's begin by looking at this gift which was passed down, you know, uh, you know, uh, and how it's used today. I want to see, show you first how the gift of knowledge was used in the past, okay? And then we're going to take a look and see how it was used, uh, how it's used in the church today. 
First of all, turn with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. In the past, you know, the gift of knowledge was used for revelation. In other words, it was revelatory. Okay? It was revelatory. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with verse 2. Ephesians 3, 2. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God. Folks, we're in the dispensation of the grace of God now. We're no longer in the dispensation of the law, which brings about salvation. What brings about salvation now is the grace of God, and that's the dispensation we're in today. So if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, in other words, uh, you know, uh, Paul is saying here, God has given me this knowledge. God has given me this knowledge about this new dispensation we are now in, and it's called grace. Listen, that is the new covenant. That is the New Testament. So Paul's saying, God gave me the knowledge of this. It hadn't been recorded as of now, okay? And he said, he gave me this knowledge in order to pass it to you. Look at verse 3. And by that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, the mystery of grace, okay? As I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in this mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and his prophets by the Spirit. In other words, in the past, the gift of knowledge was, was uh, revelatory. In other words, it, it was revealed to the apostles and the prophets. Why? Because the New Testament had yet to be written. Okay? Look at verse 6. That the Gentiles... Now, here's the revelation he gave him. Here's the knowledge that God gave Paul through revelation. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs... And of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Wherefore I have made, uh, was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, whom in less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So Paul is saying, God revealed this new covenant to me. God revealed this new way of salvation to me. God revealed unto me the dispensation of grace that now we're under grace, no longer under the law. And God gave me this knowledge in order to pass down to you, especially the Gentiles, that you too can be saved by the grace of of God. What Paul is saying here, if it wasn't for the knowledge that God had given to him, the message of the grace of God would have never been revealed unto the Gentiles. And what was that knowledge which Paul shared? Was that the Gentiles could also be fellow heirs to the family of God by way of the grace that God bestowed upon them. The knowledge revealed here to Paul was simple. And here's what it was. The knowledge God revealed to Paul was that for by grace are you saved. Both Jew 
and Gentile, both rich and poor, both bond and free, through faith, and that not of yourself, not of works, so that no one could boast, it is the gift of God. God revealed that knowledge to Paul about this new thing called grace. Remember, the New Testament had not been written yet, okay? Keep that in mind. The New Testament had not been written yet. So no one knew about this concept of grace. It was not common knowledge. And without this knowledge, you know, revealed to Paul, where would we be? If not this knowledge revealed to Paul, you know, where would, what would my life be like? What would your life be like? Without this knowledge of Paul that God gave to Paul, let me tell you, we would all be lost and bound for a devil's hell. And yes, knowledge of God's word is important. It's the most important thing in life. Look at here. Mysteries were made known by revelations from God to his apostles and his prophets, Paul said there. God would directly give to his apostles and his prophets a particular word of knowledge, just like he gave Paul here. The word of knowledge to speak. Remember what word means? To speak before, to tell others. So God gave Paul this word of knowledge to bring to the Gentiles. God, you're, uh, guys, you're under grace now. You're under grace now. You can become a part of the family of God just like any Jew. Why? Because you're under grace. Boy, I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God gave Paul that knowledge and that Paul spoke that knowledge to others. Now, how do we, how is it used in the present? I'm talking about the word of knowledge. You know, as we have the written word of God now, the gift is a little bit different. If you would turn to Colossians, the book of Colossians chapter 1. Today it's used in reiteration. Okay? In the past, it was used in revelation. Today, it's used in reiteration. Now, what does that mean? It simply means reiterating the Word of God. Reiterating the already written Word of God. We have it now because God gave Paul that knowledge, and Paul spoke about that knowledge, and the, the, the apostles and other writers, they recorded that knowledge. We got that knowledge right here, folks, because... God gave it to Paul, and Paul was obedient in speaking that knowledge and sharing that knowledge with others. So let's take a look here. Colossians 1, verse 9 and 10. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, okay, do not cease praying for you, and to desire that it might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, why do we need wisdom and knowledge? Look at verse 10. We need knowledge. We need wisdom, according to Paul in verse 10 here, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, by, why him, uh, by him saying increasing in the knowledge of God, I don't think we ever get to full knowledge in God. We never get there. That's why he says increasing. Listen to me. If you're saved, you know, you need to be in the word of God because that's the only place your knowledge will increase. 
Okay? And if you have the gift of knowledge, then you need to be speaking the knowledge to others. Again, especially if you're a Sunday school teacher, whatever, you need to apply yourself daily in the Word of God so when you stand before that Sunday school class, you're able to speak the knowledge that God has given you throughout the week that He has reiterated to you as you spent time within His Word. Look here. Never expect to increase in the knowledge of God if you spend no time in your Bible. Do I hear an amen or an oh me? Never expect to gain knowledge of God and his word if your Bible stays shut six days a week. And the only time you open it is when you come here on Sunday morning and I stand up here and say, open your Bible. You'll never have the knowledge that God wants you to have. Other times it was not relevatory, but it's simply uh, taking what was already written and expanding on it. And that's how we see it applied in the church today. There are those with whom God has given the ability to read a passage of Scripture, okay? And have the mystery of that Scripture made known to them. It's not revelation. It's nothing new. Okay, I understand that. It's nothing new. But they're able to have the, the mystery of that passage made known. Have you ever, have you ever seen somebody who, uh, a person who can read a passage of Scripture and then say, wow, Here's what God is saying. And you've read that same passage of Scripture time after time after time. And that person, when they bring it out, you say, I've never seen that there before. Has that ever happened to anybody? All right, that person probably has the gift of knowledge. Because God has you know, reiterated the truth of that word. And though you've read it 10, 12, 15, 20 times, you know, this person just reads it and says, oh, yeah, this is what, you know, what God is saying here. They have that gift of knowledge. They have the gift of knowledge, and they're passing that on to you. Look at here. If um, Three things right here. God desires for us to have knowledge of his will. Please understand that. Even if you don't have the gift of knowledge, God's desire, God's desire is that you have knowledge of his will for your life. Knowledge of his will that is going to result in fruitful results while you live here on this earth. And not only that, God gives some the ability or the gift to read a passage of Scripture and have that mystery of that passage illuminated to him or her. In other words, it's made known. It's a reiteration, not a revelation. If anybody ever tells you, listen to me here, if anybody ever tells you, well, you know, I read this and God revealed this to me. No, no, revealing's over with. Because we have the Word of God. We have the written Word of God. That person may be ignorant to the fact that God has not revealed that to them rather than reiterated that to them. They may just be ignorant of that fact. But if they're sincere in saying, God revealed this to me, okay, don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Because we have the written Word of God, and if we apply ourselves we have the ability to have the knowledge of what that passage is saying, not revealed to us, but reiterated to us, illuminated may be a better word to use. The word knowledge means to understand completely. And I believe that all children should have the knowledge of the word of God. There's only one way to gain knowledge of the word of God. And like I said before, the only way to gain knowledge of what these 66 books from God says is to spend time in that word. 
You do not spend time in that word, you will not receive the knowledge of that word. Even those with the gift of knowledge, listen to me, will not understand the word of God if they don't apply themselves to it. Just because God has given them the, uh, the, the gift of knowledge don't mean that they can just shut their Bible, you know, and not even look at it and have the knowledge of what it says, even those with the gift. Okay, they can't do that. They have to spend time in the word of God. Okay, now let's take a look at now the gift of wisdom, the gift of wisdom here. Notice again, it uses the term word of wisdom, the word of wisdom. Again, inferring that it's a speaking gift, a gift that is designed for you to share with others the wisdom that God has given to you. Now, there's a big difference in the two gifts. You know, there are people who may have knowledge about the Word of God, but they do not necessarily have the ability to put that knowledge into action. You know, I know of some people, boy, you just sit down with them, and they're just a walking Bible. You know, they have knowledge of what it says, yet their lifestyle is not one that they are applying everything. So that's the difference in knowledge and wisdom. You get knowledge because you studied it. But wisdom will cause you to live it. Are you with me there? This means yes. This means no. Punch that person next to you that just fell asleep. Okay, they need to hear this. Look at here. That's the difference. Knowledge is understanding what the Word of God says. Wisdom is putting that to use in your life, putting that into action in your life. So don't, don't miss the two there. Okay, here's the thing. The emphasis of the gift of wisdom is on the skill of application, okay? In other words, applying it to my life rather than simply the knowledge of the facts. This gift was used in a relatory sense in the early church when God would give somebody this special wisdom. However, you know, it is used so many ways in the New Testament that it's really impossible to isolate and, 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 and say this is the only way it's used. Now, the Greek word for wisdom is sophia. And it's used primary, uh, the, the primary use of the word Sophia is spiritual understanding of God's will. That's the primary use of it. You know, it's also translated skill. In other words, wisdom is having the skill to carry out, you know, the, what you already know about God's word. You know, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's the ability to do what needs to be done. And I believe that's what the, the, uh, exactly what the gift of wisdom is. Look here. Wisdom, as I've got it up here for you, is the ability to understand God's will and make an application. In other words, that simply means apply it to your life. Apply it to your life. In Matthew thirteen fifty four, Jesus said this or concerning Jesus, it says, Coming to his hometown, Jesus began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom? And, excuse me, and these miraculous powers, they asked. You see, what we see there is these people saw in Jesus something they had never seen in others who spoke in the temple, including the priest. The priest spoke in the temple regularly. But as they looked at Jesus, they said, he's using the same words, he's using the same scripture, 
But we see something in him we don't see in the priest. What was that? It was the ability to put into action the knowledge that he had about the word of God. Even the priest, they said, you know, couldn't do this. Okay? The priest read from the same scripture. They taught from the same verses. But in Jesus, they witnessed wisdom that they did not see in the priest. You see, Jesus not only showed his knowledge in the teaching of the word, but the wisdom he demonstrated amazed the people. It amazed them that he was able to have the knowledge and then put that knowledge into action. And folks, that's the difference in knowledge and wisdom. In Acts chapter 6, verse 10, when Stephen, you know, went before the high priest, or the chief priest, you know, they was looking for a reason to stone him and standing there defending his faith, you know, the scripture says, and they were not able to resist the wisdom by the spirit that Stephen spoke. They saw in Stephen, man, he has the knowledge of what, you know, God has revealed to him, but yet he's also putting it to work in his life. He's putting it to action in his life. We can see here the, the accusers were not able to resist or stand up against the wisdom of Stephen. And just as Jesus possessed wisdom, the priest lacked, they, could, they, they saw the wisdom in him that they did not see in others. Look, if a person lacks wisdom, it's, the, it's only because they haven't asked God for it. Look, if you lack wisdom this morning, and what is wisdom? It's putting into action that you know about the Word of God. Okay, because James said in James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom. Now, we're not talking about person with the gift of wisdom, but any of us, okay, who lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. God wants to give you wisdom, even if you don't have the gift of wisdom. It's just that the one with the gift of the wisdom, it's easier for them to, 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 to put that to action in their life. But for some who don't have the gift of wisdom, boy, it's something you've got to work for. It's something you've got to pray for. It's something you've got to go to God on a daily basis and say, Lord, give me the wisdom to live out your will in my life. Lord, give me the wisdom to, to live my life the, the way that you want me to live and, and, and overcome these things in my life that are not pleasing to you. However, just as with knowledge, the one with the gift of wisdom must apply themselves to the word of God, okay? And they must continually seek God. Let me just conclude with a couple of things here. What is the gift of wisdom? It's the spirit-given ability to show us the principles that we need to know to obey God's will. Knowledge is collecting the facts, okay? Knowledge is reading God's Word, studying God's Word, letting God illuminate those words to us. It's gathering all the facts. But wisdom is the application of those facts. It's getting the facts from the Word of God and then saying, now I'm going to apply these things to my life. A sad thing is many within our church never get the knowledge because they don't spend time in the Word of God. If you don't spend time in the Word of God, you'll never be able to put those words into, uh, to, to make them apply to your life. So we have to learn to spend time in God's Word. And God has placed those within the church to help others to increase in knowledge and also to increase in wisdom. And I believe that a pastor should possess the gift of wisdom. 
A pastor should have the gift of knowledge. He should have the gift of wisdom. Yet in my case, let me just tell you this, with me, you know, I may be different than other pastors. Uh, well, I don't need no amens on that, okay? You know, I may be different. But here's the way I look at it. If I know of someone within this church that has the gift of wisdom, even though I have the gift of knowledge, even though I have the gift of wisdom, if I know of some one, two, three other people who have the gift of wisdom, if there's a tough decision that I have to make for this church, I'm getting with those people. You hear me? I'm not going to make that decision on my own. If they've got the gift of wisdom, I want their input. I want their input. So before making a really tough decision, I'll bring them in and say, guys, let's run through this. Let's talk about this. Let's pray about this. And I believe that's the way it should be done. In other words, use those that God has placed with the gift of wisdom within this body. If he placed them within this body, he expects them to be used within this body. And whether it's a man or a woman, if I feel they got the gift of knowledge, I want their input. I want their input on tough decisions that we have to make. Do you lack knowledge this morning of the grace that God has for you? If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the word of knowledge this morning, okay, the word of knowledge is speaking to you that is grace that leads to salvation is available for you. In other words, the, the word of knowledge that I have for you this morning what I know that God has reiterated to me, what I know that God has illuminated to me with knowledge is that God's grace is for you. God's grace for you. Now look here, if you're saved, do you lack wisdom on how to live your life? Are you living your life the way you should if you're saved? In other words, are you applying the knowledge of God's word to your life? Are you just collecting all that knowledge and never applying it to your life? If you are, you're not in God's will. You're not in God's will, and your life is going to be miserable. Do you hear what I'm saying? Your life will be miserable. Why? Because you're not doing what God has called you to do, because you're not in the will of God, and you're not in the will of God because you lack wisdom within your life. Wisdom's available to you this morning if you would only apply yourself to his written word and seek the wisdom that he directs. Remember the words of James, and I think I put it in your notes. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to you. Look here. You may not have the gift of wisdom, I mean, the knowledge this morning. You may not have the gift of knowledge, okay? And if you don't, that's fine. But that doesn't keep you from gaining knowledge of God's Word. I hope we understand that. All of us should have knowledge of the Word of God. It's just for those with the gift, it's a whole lot easier for them to just read it and boom, God illuminates it to them and then they share it with others. But if you're not spending time in the Word of God, don't expect to get knowledge of God's word. It will not happen. And if you're here and you're saved this morning, you don't have the gift of wisdom, it's only because you're not seeking it. But God will give you wisdom. And again, what's wisdom? The ability to put in the action, the knowledge that you have of God's word. The ability to carry out the will of God within your life. 
But if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, my word of knowledge to you this morning is the grace that brings about salvation, just as Paul said to the Gentiles. You can be saved this morning. Don't care what you've done in the past. Don't care what you've done yesterday. Don't care what you've done today or what you will do tomorrow. The grace of God is there for you if you will just accept it. Let's pray.